Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast, where it is my duty to explore all things related to living an optimized and fulfilling life. I personally am on the never-ending journey to improve myself and figured why not share my findings and my conversations with as many people as possible. This episode is brought to you by MyLifeEnchanted.com, which is where you can find all things related to the Life Enchanted movement. You can sign up for my email newsletter on there, read my blog, check out some apparel I designed, and a bunch of other stuff as well. Also, I would love to keep this podcast relatively sponsor-free, and to do that, I need your support through Patreon. You can visit the support tab on my website to learn more about that. Your contributions through Patreon will keep the Life Enchanted content flowing and will also help me dedicate more time to expanding the content, i.e. the blog and newsletter and whatnot. But most importantly, a portion of every cent that comes through Patreon and my online store will be donated to Metro World Child. You can find out more about them through my website on that support tab. Also, please consider leaving a rating and possibly a review of the podcast on whatever platform you're using. Your feedback helps other people discover the show and join the movement. What is good, ladies and gentlemen? Nick here, back with another Solo Dolo podcast. And this one I'm excited to share with you because it is all about optimizing children's cognitive abilities. And I know that that probably sounds a little bit weird and you're probably like, where are you going with this? But just bear with me because it's really important that we all understand how impactful we are and what we say to our children in their formative years. Studies have shown and researchers have shown that the language a child hears in the beginning stages of their life and as they grow up really impacts their cognitive performance, which is kind of fascinating. And to me, cognitive performance is synonymous with the ability to problem solve, with the ability to learn, to understand, to analyze, and really just to navigate different scenarios and situations in life. And I think that if we can do our part in in fostering the growth of these kids' cognitive abilities, um, then we'd be be doing right by them. And as a parent, I obviously want, want what's best for my kids. And if you are an uncle or an aunt or a grandfather or a grandmother or whatever it is, or a future parent, um, I'm gonna give you some things that can help you Uh, foster that growth within the kids around you. So I want to start out with a quote by greatschools.org. It says, quote, some children hear about 21,000 words a day, others hear 6,000 words or fewer. By age three, that difference becomes a substantial word gap that predicts future success, end quote. So we're talking about language here. That's, That's really what it boils down to, is that the language that your children or the children in your life the language that they are exposed to, the the volume of the language, has a tremendous impact on their cognitive ability, and that's being proved through various studies. There's some researchers at the University of Kansas, their names are Betty Hart and Todd Risley, that have studied this pretty extensively, and they found that children's language skills at age 3 accurately predict their language skills at age 9 or 10, which accurately predicts high school and college success, which accurately predicts... Uh, 
future success, like career success and whatnot. There's other studies as well that show that the more words children are exposed to, the faster processing times uh, they have with incoming information. Um, and there's there's tons that you can look up online that show all of this. So I'm going to give you five easy and practical ways to optimize your child's cognition through exposure and volume of language. So here we go. So the first one is talk to them like an adult. And I really try and do this. Um, I just kind of intuitively thought that this was beneficial to them. I'm sure a lot of parents can relate on that level, but uh, I think it's easy sometime for, sometimes for parents to um, just give like one word answers or I don't know answers or just get uh, impatient, which is common in parenting, um, and not really give this, the, the kids a clear explanation of things or just say like, I, because I said so. So it's important to start talking to kids like an adult and explain things in ways that you would explain to your spouse or to a friend or to your your parents or whoever it is. The children obviously aren't going to clearly understand everything that you are saying, but just that exposure to how you put together sentences and how you uh, use certain words and just the vocabulary that you use is super beneficial to their brains. So some examples that I've seen recently that I can just think of off the top of my head, one being my daughter Gia uh, knows that I like to take cold showers in the AM and sometimes I'll get out of the shower like shivering and she'll ask, Daddy, why do you take cold showers? And instead of just saying, um, because Daddy likes the cold or whatever it is, or the cold is good for you, all I've actually got into the science with her. I'm like, because gee, doing things that are hard and stressful for our bodies are actually good for our bodies. And when I get in the cold, it causes my body to be really stressed out and I release hormones. One of the hormones is called norepinephrine. And norepinephrine really enhances my mental clarity and my energy and gives me a boost. Um, and I'll go into detail about that. And I'll, I even mentioned the word hormesis. Our bodies have these hormetic responses that occur when we're exposed to stressors. And that's why daddy likes to go in the steam room. And that's why daddy likes to work out. And that's why daddy likes to go in the cold showers and the cold lakes and stuff like that. And she's just looking at me with like this puzzled face like, huh? But she gets a little bit of that. And I'm sure that exposure to what I just showed her will benefit her some way in the future. Another example that I can think of is with my daughter, Drew. And she asked me a couple of days ago, Daddy, are blueberries healthy? They always ask me if things are healthy because I'm always talking about healthy things. But she said, Daddy, are blueberries healthy? And I said, yeah, they're healthy. And she said, why are they healthy? And I said, good question. And instead of just saying it because they are a fruit, I said, blueberries are super nutritious and they're low in calories and they're a powerful antioxidant, which helps fight oxidative stress in our bodies and helps prevent DNA damage. And I went on that tangent and she's just looking at me like, what in the world are you talking about, dude? Of course, she doesn't know what oxidative stress is or what DNA is or anything like that, but I am exposing her to those uh, those concepts and those vocabulary and stuff like that. So those are just a couple things. And even now I have a newborn. He's uh, seven, no, eight days old now. By the time you're listening to this, he's actually probably like 10 days old. But when I'm changing him and he's crying, I'm telling him, dude, I just got to change your diaper, man. I got to wipe all this yucky stuff off of you because if I leave it there, you're going to get a rash and a rash really, really hurts and you're going to cry even more and more. So he's, you know, a couple weeks old and I'm 
explaining to him why I am changing his diaper. So there's a couple examples for you, just talking to them like an adult and acknowledging them and filling their minds with different sentences and words. And I also like within that same realm, one of the things that that Seth Godin, a lot of you guys are probably familiar with him. He's a best-selling author. He has like the most popular blog on uh, the internet. You just search Seth and he's the first thing that, that pops up apparently. I was originally introduced to him by Nathan Oates on the podcast I did with him. So shout out Nate Oates for that. But Seth Godin said on a different podcast that I heard that true education with kids happens not at school but from 3 to 7 p.m after school at their house when we're interacting with them and when we are giving them things to do and if they're just sitting there watching princess sophia and puppy dog pals that that really doesn't stimulate their brain they're really not learning anything and the the best thing that we could be doing for them is to be problem solving and to give them little problems to solve so this, this is the, in the same string as talking to them like an adult because I'll ask them like, oh no, it's raining outside, guys. What should we do now? I'll give them that problem like it's raining outside. What is the solution now that we can do? We were going to go outside. So what now can we do? It's just a small little problem, right? Instead of just taking it upon myself to make the decision for them and be the adult, I talk to them like an adult and have them problem solve with me. So problem solving is huge and that obviously translates uh, to to far bigger and greater things if they're able to problem solve at a young age. So I definitely encourage that as well. Okay, so that was number one, talk like an adult. And that one was long-winded. I apologize. These ones will be shorter. Uh, So number two is extend their observations. Okay, so uh, imagine that you are in the car with your toddler and they see an airplane in the sky and they say, uh, mommy, daddy, airplane. Instead of just saying, yeah, good job, airplane, you can extend that observation to give them more information and exchange your yeah, good job, airplane response for like a hundred word response and say, yeah, that is an airplane. Look how high in the sky it is. It's probably going like 500 miles per hour, which is like 10 times faster than we're going. And I wonder where it's taking all of those people. It's probably going to the biggest city in the United States of America, which is New York City. Do you know what's at New York City? The Statue of Liberty. That's a big, big statue that was given to us by the country France, right? So you can just go on and on and on and on and on. And it's just an, a simple extension of what they already observed. And again, they're probably in the back seat. like, what in the world are you talking about? I just wanted to say airplane. But you're exposing them to that language and you're exposing them to a high volume of words. So one statistic that I saw, which is kind of helpful because I mentioned that 21,000 Uh, words a day quote in the beginning is that a 15 minute car ride if you talk to your kids extending observations and talk to them like an adult a 15 minute car ride is about 2,000 words so that gives you some context there that in 15 minutes if you are communicating with them extending their observations talking to them like an adult um, you're getting in about 2,000 words which is roughly one tenth of what you need to do 
for that day. So, um, all right, number three. So number one was talk like an adult. Number two was extend their observations. Number three, reading books. This one is easy and obvious and does not take too much creativity on the parenting end or on the adult end because you are literally just reading. We try and shoot for like two books a day and the kids love it. It's it's good for their brain to see the pictures and connect the words that you're saying with the pictures. And then you can also extend what's in the book as well by looking at the pictures. Like if there's, you know, birds and a fence on the page and none of the text mentions the bird and the fence, it's like, oh, what's this flying in the sky? And they can say, oh, that's a birdie. And then you extend the that's a birdie statement, just like I did with the airplane statement, right? Or, oh, I wonder who built that fence. What What do you build a fence with? Oh, it's wood and nails, but you also need a hammer, stuff like that. Um, So I try and do that. And then also I think having some fun as you are reading and using different voices to to kind of put some uh, different character into the mix is is good for them. I don't know why that's good for them, but I think it is good for them. So there you go for that. Um, we have some books that we got from Costco, I believe. It's like a giant bundle of five-minute princess stories. So there, there's a Rapunzel one, a Snow White one, a Cinderella one, all these different five-minute princess stories and Disney does a good job in these stories of using like fairly big words like she was exhausted or they were trying to manipulate him and stuff like that so I really uh, dig that and, and I'm proud of Disney putting those types of words in there so I really enjoy those but you can find obviously tons and tons of different children's books so uh, reading books is an easy way to expose them to to a good amount of words Again, I think two books a day is is solid and isn't too much of a burden on the parents. Okay, so number one, talk like an adult. Number two, extend their observations. Number three, reading books. Number four, this one I fell upon kind of accidentally, but is actually super effective and is probably the parenting hack of the year that I fell upon. And that is using your phone as a great tool to enhance and initiate conversation with your kids. So most of us have, I would be willing to guess that all of us have thousands of photos on our phone. And if you're a parent, most of those are going to be of your child or of memories or vacations and stuff like that. So how I came upon this actually was that my daughters go to preschool and my youngest daughter's teacher sends my wife and I pictures at the end of each school day and there'll be like five or six pictures and it's super helpful because we found that when when my daughters get home from school you ask them like hey what did you do at school today and then they they're just like oh nothing we had fun and they they just keep it super low-key and they don't give us too much information it's like dang I really want to know you know, but they just, you can't pull it out of them. But now that we're getting these phones from her, our photos from her teacher, I can pull up these photos and say, Drew, what were you doing here when you were painting this? And she said, oh, I was painting a ladybug. And I'll say, who's that friend sitting next to you? Oh, that's Riley. She's my friend. Uh, You know, and then we start talking about all these things. So we're going through these photos and it's, initiating these conversations and sparking these memories within her that she can expand upon and use her language to describe, which has been awesome. So with that said, where I'm going with that is that I can use my phone sometimes, like if we're bored or sitting somewhere um, and we need some time to kill, I can start going through my phone and going back to old memories, like when we were in Hawaii or Tahoe or when we were out on the swings or when we were um, coloring that color book or when we made that smoothie or whatever and say like, 
Oh, look at this picture of the smoothie. What did you put in that smoothie? Oh, you put in the lettuce. They call spinach, spinach lettuce. Um, and then those weird seeds and the, the peanut butter and all that. So you can go through your phone and spark a ton of conversation through just looking at your photos. They say pictures worth a thousand words, right? So with that logic, you would only have to go through 21 pictures to get your 21,000 word a day quota. So there you go. That is a a great parenting hack that I've discovered. Okay, so one, talk like an adult. Two, extend their observation. Uh, Three, reading books. Four, phone photos. The last one is probably my favorite thing to implement, and that is exposure to music. Uh, Music is very powerful. I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to feelings of nostalgia or joy or even like energy music has the ability to invoke insane feelings within us like when you're going on a run you might listen to some hardcore hip-hop or some rock to pump you up and it's like a performance enhancing drug or if you're just chilling out studying or something you listen to some lo-fi and it helps you concentrate and kind of just helps it not be as boring right i'm definitely guilty of both of those things but I love music and I want my daughters to play music and I want to expose them to as much music as possible because I think that their brains hearing and witnessing these different creators put together these sounds and melodies and beats and patterns and rhymes and all these different things, it it can't be anything but good for them to hear that occurring, especially their little creative brains. So... I'm all about it, and I expose them to music as much as I possibly can. They have a very eclectic taste in music, which I am very proud of. My daughters are four and a half and three and a half, and they can sing the lyrics to anything from Stevie Wonder to King's Kaleidoscope to Taylor Swift to Miley Cyrus to Lil Nas X to Soul For Real. There is nothing in the world that makes me more proud than when my daughter tells Alexa to play Soul For Real Candy Rain and then she sings the entire song with it. If you've never heard that song, shame on you. It's probably the best 90s R&B song ever created. Soul For Real Candy Rain. Go check it out right now. But anyway, I want them to be musical and I want to establish that in their brain. My daughter Gia is starting piano lessons tomorrow, which I'm really stoked for. And I just want to give that base layer of musical knowledge that she can expand on later. There is an institute at USC at University of Southern California called the BCI, which stands for Brain and Creativity Institute. And they have done some studies that show how beneficial music is for children. And here's a quote from something I read. Quote, music accelerates brain development in young children, particularly in the areas of processing sound, language development, speech perception, and reading skills. End quote. So how many people do you know who can play an instrument and are stupid? Think about that. Think about the people in your life who can play an instrument decently well. And think if any of those people are stupid. Exactly. Probably none of them. Some might be like some stoners or some people like me might be some far out hippies. But as far as like intelligence, I'm, I'm sure that they're fairly articulate human beings. And um, I'm taking that to the bank. So I'm definitely getting my daughters involved with everything musical. I have an Indian flute that I let them play. Uh, like I said, we listen to all sorts of music in the car. I help them like with lyrics and memorizing lyrics and I sing to them. We make up songs all the time about random things all the time, which I love doing. And I think that is super important. All right. So the five were talk like an adult, 
two, extend their observations, three, reading books to them, four, uh, the phone photos, and five, the music exposure. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope one of these tactics stuck with you. Uh, go follow me on Instagram at my life enchanted. Let me know what you thought about these things. Go check out my website. I got a bunch of new gear on there. www.mylifeenchanted.com. Until then, I will talk to you guys next week. Peace. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the instrumental used on the intro and outro of this podcast. Also, a big thanks to the good people at Capital Floats, which is Northern California's premier sensory deprivation and float tank facility. I am a frequent user there, and the experience is transformative to say the least. And for listeners of this podcast, they are offering an exclusive deal of 40% off the normal price for a single float. Just go to CapitalFloats.com and use the promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces at checkout. If you're in Northern California, you definitely want to take advantage of this. Please remember that I am not a doctor, so definitely consult your physician before making any sudden diet, supplement, or lifestyle changes suggested in any of these episodes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can send an email to nick, N-I-C-K, at mylifeenchanted.com, or you can find me on Instagram at mylifeenchanted. Peace.